Welcome to Invested in Our New Reality, a limited series podcast for business leaders and entrepreneurs navigating the COVID-19 pandemic. My name is Siobhan Haspel-McIntosh. I'm the Diversity and Belonging Lead at Shopify, as well as a member of the Board of Directors for Invest Ottawa. And I'm really glad that you've chosen to join us for today's conversation. We are living through unprecedented times, and there is so much uncertainty for communities, for businesses, for Canadians. In fact, uncertainty about where this pandemic will lead and what it means for all of us is one of the most destabilizing aspects of COVID-19. And that's why we've launched Invested in Our New Reality. This podcast will provide a platform for business leaders to share their experience of the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, to offer practical advice on leading through crisis, and candid observations about navigating the new reality. So far, our podcast has spoken with entrepreneurs in a whole variety of fields, from health to high tech to catering and more. And today, we're going to pour ourselves a nice cup of tea and sit down for a chat with Sheena Brady, the CEO and founder of Teas Tea. Sheena started her company in 2013, blending teas out of her tiny condo in Toronto while working a full-time job. Today, Teas Tea is headquartered in Ottawa and serves customers in over 30 countries. Not only am I looking forward to speaking with Sheena about the impact of COVID-19 on her business, but I also want to take a deeper look at the impact of the virus on women and women-led companies globally. We know that women are disproportionately affected in times of crisis, and Sheena has a unique perspective on this, which she'll be sharing with us today. Sheena Brady, welcome to Invested in Our New Reality. Thank you so much, Mom. I'm so excited to be here. Very excited to have you. Can you tell us about your business journey and how you ended up deciding to start a tea company? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually thought my forever career was going to be hospitality. It's what I went to school for. Uh, it's what I. It's the field that I, I worked in uh, even before I was in school. And it was just my dream to open a restaurant one day. And I got to work in some you know incredible worldly cities like. New York City, San Francisco, and Toronto. Um, and despite living in these really cool electric cities, getting paid to do the thing I went to school for, it still felt not quite as fulfilling as I thought. But at the time I was in my, you know, my early 20s. So what did I know what fulfilling even meant? I, I, I barely scratched the surface on, uh, you know, the amount of years put into a career at that time. And so I thought, well, maybe this is normal. Maybe this is how people are are supposed to feel when they when they go to work every day. Um, but then as time went on, I started to become a bit more frustrated and, and I felt like I lacked a bit of a creative outlet. And my hospitality journey led me to working at a beautiful hotel in Toronto. And I became a certified tea sommelier. And um, the reason why I became a tea sommelier is because this hotel wanted to build the biggest tea program in the entire city. And I didn't even drink tea at the time. So no big deal. <laughs> and so I knew I needed to, uh, you know, not only learn about the world of tea if I was going to implement this program, but it was also my job to, because I was in leadership, it was also my job to train 
the service team on how to deliver these tea standards. So whether you were a guest visiting from Japan or a, a guest from China or Russia, you know, these different cultures drink their tea uniquely. And it was it was expected that we would be able to serve it uniquely based on that culture. Um, so I found the Tea and Herbal Association of Canada. I became a certified tea sommelier. And I really did it just to check the box to say, okay, I'm educated in this tea thing. I can implement this program successfully the way I implemented, you know, wine programs as a wine sommelier, for example. Um, but what I didn't expect is that my passion for wine actually translated to tea. Uh, like when you think about grapes, like white grapes and red grapes, and you have tons of different types of wine from Chardonnay, Cabernet, et cetera, the exact same thing is with tea. Uh, it all comes from the same plant. And a lot of people don't know that. And the difference is how it's processed, how it's harvested, how it affects the final product, that sort of thing. And so that was fascinating to me, I guess, like the nerdy side of tea. And so I started blending teas out of my condo in Toronto. And it was just a creative outlet because if anybody listening has ever worked in hospitality, they know that it's a very demanding industry. Uh, you you're, you're working very long hours, very long days, sacrificing nights, weekends, holidays. And so this is my thing. This is my creative escape. Um, fortunately, I guess, unfortunately at the time, uh, but fortunately looking back, my misery being in that industry caught up with me and I actually got fired from that hotel. And I remember at the time just being completely devastated uh, because here I was, you know, I, I had went to school for this thing. I had given over 10 years at this point to this thing, um, only to be like, to feel disposable in an instant. Uh, and it was devastating. And I think any logical person in my situation probably just would have dusted themselves off and got another hospitality job. But I knew my life wasn't working for me and I needed to do something different. And, but I really liked this tea thing that I was building. So I thought maybe I can find a job that would, you know, empower me as an entrepreneur. Uh, and give me more time to work on this side hustle. And so, you know, that's where Shopify came in. And I started as a guru, gosh, back in 2015. Uh, and it was great because like I knew what my hours were, uh, you know, working in basically as a guru, you're in customer support. Um, so I knew what my hours were and, you know, I knew which hours I'd be able to work on my business. Uh, and it was great. And that's how I, I built, you know, my side hustle from the ground up. And I, I guess I thought Shopify was going to be a temporary journey along the way to help bankroll my business. But here we are five and a half years later and I'm still doing both. But my career has since grown at Shopify. I now lead a team of merchant success managers at Shopify Plus and, and my business has continued to grow as well. So you describe your tea as socially and environmentally sustainable and one that supports the empowerment of women. Can you tell us a little bit more about this and why it's important to you? Yeah, so social responsibility has been really important to me before I even knew what a social enterprise was. Um, so I started my business back in 2013 for context. And I grew up with a very complicated upbringing, I guess, to say the least. Uh, I shared this before at a talk, which you were present at, but I was you know, the first person in my family to not only graduate high school, but to go to college. And so I knew from an early age, I would be uh, relying on myself heavily um, and have to support myself. And I just remember going through that journey, how hard it was. And I, I really just wanted to be even the smallest part of creating a better support system uh, for other women. And so that's how we became a social enterprise before I even knew what that meant. We've had a give back program since our early days to help empower women around the world. And so just working with organizations that uh, are important to me 
And we basically, with a portion of proceeds from every order, we give back to these organizations dedicated to empowering women um, from shelters to startups, basically. In 2019, we got a bit more intentional about what that meant. And we actually built our own program called the Founders Fund, which was my own personal um, passion project that came to life to basically help support other women identifying entrepreneurs uh, gain access to mentorship resources and funding for their business. Yeah, that's like really interesting how intentional you have been with like every aspect of the business. And it's really beautiful how you are reinvesting into women. You touched on the Founders Fund. So I wanted to dig in a little bit deeper there. You kind of give a high level of like what it is. um, But maybe if you can just like touch on that again, and then if you can go a little bit into how it's evolving in the face of COVID-19. Yeah, absolutely. So in 2019, my team got very intentional about like our give back program with the Founders Fund. And and we thought, you know, how can we help support the next generation of budding entrepreneurs, specifically underrepresented entrepreneurs, women identifying entrepreneurs in particular? Um, You know, there's endless, of course, data out there that supports just how much these entrepreneurs fall through the cracks. And so we basically reached out to all sorts of mentors and established entrepreneurs in our network and said, what are you doing to pay your success forward? Can you contribute the currency of time and help mentor some of these budding entrepreneurs? Or can you contribute the currency of money and help fund uh, some of these entrepreneurs? And, and so the, the money would be non-repayable, a grant essentially, and really just that break that we all need uh, as entrepreneurs along our journey at some point, hopefully. And so, you know, in 2019, we were able to raise over, um, well, first of all, we were able to support over 230 women identifying entrepreneurs across the country and gain access to mentorship resources for their business, sorry, and resources for their business. And then we were ultimately able to fund five companies. And so we distributed, uh, $39,000 across those five companies in 2019. And then, that just blew up because it was supposed to just be this small give back program, like a contest for, for lack of better words in terms of like how we wanted to like simplify the process. Um, but I, I think it blew up bigger than anything I expected because I fundamentally believe that as entrepreneurs, we have it in our DNA to want to help pay it forward. And so we just created all this excitement around it. And it was like our mentors and our funders and, you know, even our applicants who are now members, they were just getting so excited about it, sharing, you know, within their networks, what we were doing. And so it created this huge um, ripple effect. And so now the Founders Fund is not a program under TC. It's its own social enterprise that's here for the long term because you know, we realized the impact that we were creating and in order to take it to the next level, we had to build it as its own company. And so in 2020, uh, we have over 400 members who have access to our mentorship and programming, and we have raised over $60,000 in funding that we will be distributing this year in, in August. And so right now our members are applying for that funding as we speak. That's that's phenomenal. And like, has there been any change to the Founders Fund program since COVID? Are you continuing to work as usual through that specific part of your business? Yeah, I guess on one hand, we are fortunate that we intentionally built the Founders Fund to be a digital growth accelerator for women identifying entrepreneurs. So meaning 90% of our content was on, online in the first place. And that wasn't because we, you know, we knew there was a global pandemic coming or anything like that. Or we, It was purely because we wanted to make these resources accessible. So whether you were in, you know, rural Saskatchewan or downtown Toronto, you can have access to the same world-class mentors and the same funding as anybody. And so it's been somewhat business as usual. 
However, we have lost a lot of um, sponsorship programming because we, we were intending on doing, you know, in real life events, of course, to help bring our members together and connect in person. But all of that has been completely halted, which has been unfortunate because, you know, we do have 400 paid members for Founders Fund, but we're not there as a business yet where it's just running on a membership model revenue wise. So we do rely on sponsorship. And so the fact that a lot of that has dropped off has been a bit challenging, but overall we're, we're navigating things pretty well. Awesome. And, you know, on the topic of COVID-19, how has that impacted TST, but also other women identifying entrepreneurs who are in your ecosystem? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've definitely been impacted. So in terms of like the direct impact, we we did have quite a few retailers that we sold our T2 uh, and a lot of offices, hotels and spas, that sort of thing. And all that revenue, that top just turned off overnight, which we obviously could not anticipate. Um, I've had to make hard decisions like most business owners and and I've had to do employee layoffs, which are definitely not easy. Um, But fortunately, you know, we are doubling down on e-commerce and I suppose I'm fortunate that like in these uncertain times, you know, tea is also an accessible uh, form of like luxury and comfort and self-care in a cup. Right. And so, yeah. you know, our, our online consumers are, are really, you know, strong and, and they're really coming back at a high repeat rate um, during these times, which is good. So it definitely helps to offset some of that shift, but I think that we are all facing uh, as entrepreneurs right now, um, and especially, you know, talking to some of our uh, women entrepreneurs at Founders Fund is we're just being faced to like rethink our entire business and what we've been doing from the ground up. And that's been really hard because especially when you're an established business, you're so used to operating, you know, things in a certain way. It's like, okay, orders come in, orders need to go out the door. Right. And so you're just, you're, you're almost status quo, but you're just trying to keep up with your regular pace of, of, um, of demand for your business. But now all of a sudden with the world kind of just turned upside down, uh, business owners are now having to totally pivot their business and rebuild it from the ground up and get back into that like scrappy startup mode all over again, which is slightly traumatizing when I think <laughs> about like the early days of TST, you know, thinking of throwing all these darts at the walls and seeing what would stick. Right. And, and so I find myself in that position again, alongside uh, many entrepreneurs who are, you know, forced to be agile and resourceful and scrappy. Um, but that's also a good thing because, you know, I think that that's what breeds innovation. So as much as it is a challenge, uh, it is also a little bit of an advantage, hopefully, for, for many business owners coming out of this. You run TST, you have the Founders Fund, you work at Shopify, but you're also a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, would you be open to like just sharing like what that's been like being home uh, 100% of the time? Is it any different? Oh, it's been so hard. (laughs) It's been been really, really hard. And it's not only been hard on me, it's been hard on my my partner, my husband, of course, Um, but also our daughter, like our daughter is two years old. And, you know, she, children crave stability, they crave routine, they crave comfort, right? And so she went from being at this wonderful daycare with all of her lovely little friends in her classroom for the past year or so, um, to having like, you know, coordinated circle time and coordinated like story time and and song time. And, and, you know, everything is just so structured. And then she's just stuck with her boring parents now all day. (laughs) And so the first few weeks were awful. I won't even sugarcoat it because she, she just didn't even know like what was going on. Um, Meanwhile, we are trying to juggle, you know, between the two of us, we have three businesses and a full-time job while having a toddler at our feet. Um, So 
it, it really hasn't been easy. Um, however, I've been, you know, trying to do the best that I can to just create some sort of like normalcy and routine here at home. And uh, fortunately, my partner and I like have uh, flexible work where we can kind of create our own schedules and, and just make sure that we we do the best that we can to kind of like split it up fairly. And so, but, but also giving like the, the routine that she needs as well. So. Okay, Sheena, a lot of us are now looking to post COVID world uh, and things that we can be doing differently. Do you have any tactical and tangible advice you can offer to entrepreneurs about how they can take those steps forward? Yes, absolutely. This is a topic that I love to speak on. Uh, as you know, I did that CTV interview and I have three key points that I would definitely share to every business owner that's really experiencing challenges. But before I dive into those three, I think like the first thing to keep in mind is show yourself a bit of grace. I think that is so important. I think that entrepreneurs are, we're already so hard on ourselves in a non-pandemic world that adding this to it can just really throw any human off balance entirely. And so just be kind to yourself. And even if you are, you know, looking at, you know, expertise or, or resources or what have you know that there really is no expert in this area because never in the history, you know, of, of our world that we know of, had we, have we, um, had businesses impacted to this magnitude, right? Uh, due to a global pandemic. So show yourself a bit of grace, but the, the top three things that I would dive into, first of all, um, try to position your business as a relief or a resource during these times. One of my own mentors gave me that advice. And basically what that means is it can be awkward to sell during these times, right? Like it can be so awkward to put yourself out there when, you know, the world is going through so much chaos at the moment. Um, so how can you thoughtfully position yourself as a relief or a resource in these times? So, you know, at TST, we look at ourselves as a relief during these times uh, because, you know, as I said earlier, you can find a bit of self-care and comfort and wellness in a cup of tea. So we want to help provide a bit of a relief during these times. Or can you be a resource? Uh, you know, we've seen a lot of companies do some incredible innovative things like creating face masks and selling those. Like I particularly have seen that like in the apparel community or even a reason, maybe this is more of a relief than a resource or, or a bit of both, depending on how you look at it. But here in Ottawa, the example I love to give is, you know, Stephen Bacta, who's a, a very well-celebrated entrepreneur, has three restaurants. They all shut down overnight. And, you know, thinking and moving quickly, Stephen remembered his roots as a wine sommelier and said, I am going to curate cases of wine and bring this idea of date night at home and provide a bit of a relief for people during these times. And so, you know, he was able to hire half of his management staff back by doing that, as I understand, and he's selling an average of like 150 cases a week and doing these local deliveries. And, and it's just truly remarkable to see that happen uh, to a business that, you know, was here one day and then pretty much gone the next, right? Um, so that's the first one. The second one I would suggest is, you know, if you're struggling to sell during these times, like many owners are, try to prioritize building over selling. Um, so how can you find ways to, you know, change the way your business works? Can you, you know, do curbside pickup, for example? Um, can you do like the Stephen Bacta example and just kind of like rethink how you can do business? Um, so, you know, try to prioritize building, it, you know, if, you, if you've been delaying getting your, your that online store 
you know, up and running and you're in bricks and mortar store. Well, of course it goes without saying now might be the time to uh, invest in that online store. And just to kind of go back to Shopify for a second, I think Shopify is doing some great work in providing um, resources to these entrepreneurs that want to go online by offering a 90 day trial, which is incredible because I think it used to be 30 days. So, you know, there, there are different options out there to help support you. Um, finally, the last one would be lean on community. So again, this goes back to my own personal belief that entrepreneurs really want to help pay their success forward and, and really want to help see other entrepreneurs struggle less. So if you see someone in your community who is pivoting well during these times or seems to be practicing resiliency during these times and is, is doing okay despite what is happening, like reach out to them. Ask them how they are doing it. Ask if they wouldn't mind, you know, sharing some of their, their suggestions or advice or guidance. Um, because I think that you know, the more that we can lean on each other as a community, the more that we can share, um, the more that we can learn from, of course, and do better ourselves. Amazing. Sheena, it has been such a pleasure to have you on Invested in Our New Reality. Thank you for joining us and for your thoughtful insights on how entrepreneurs can weather COVID-19. Oh, the pleasure's all mine. Thank you so much, Siobhan. And we're also particularly grateful to all of our wonderful listeners for tuning in today. All of our episodes are available on the Invest Ottawa website, on Spotify, and on iTunes. And if you like what you're hearing, let other people know. We'd love it if you shared a link to the podcast with your social media followers. We have a new episode of Invested in Our New Reality coming up next week. But until then, I'm Siobhan Hassel-McIntosh, and I hope you stay strong, stay healthy, and stay safe.